Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden. And on today's show, I am joined by Ann Petrus Baker, and we are talking all about healing from the center. Ann explains to us different strategies that we can use to connect with ourselves so that we can promote healing, mind, body, and spirit. And she tells us all about how to be wired for bliss and who doesn't want to know that. So join me on this episode. Get ready, because here we go. Hello, hello. On today's show, I have with me Anne Petrus Baker. She is a holistic nurse and a mind, body, spirit practitioner. Good morning, Anne. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, I am very excited that you agreed to do the show because Anne is here to share with us today her understanding of healing, which she has designed her own concept called healing from the center. And it's a very beautiful method of healing, which is a combination of Anne's professional knowledge and her personal journey, which is often the best way that we come to healing because it comes with both pieces, the personal and the professional, and you put it together and something beautiful happens. So Anne, can you Start us off on our journey today with your healing from the center. Sure. So healing from the center implies that we start with you at the center and not what's wrong with you, your symptoms or your diagnosis or your problems, but more putting you at the center and finding that relational point where how are you relating to yourself? How are you relating to your life? And this center, most people, when I talk about this, they say, ah, you know, they kind of take a deep breath and they say, yeah, you know, I know what my center is and I know when I'm off my center. And it's a spiritual center But what's fascinating, one of my journeys all along has been this combination of spirituality and science. And the coming from the center is really a relaxed part of your nervous system, which allows for healing to take place. It allows for our natural abilities of our body to be healthy. Our body wants to be healthy. Our body is a miraculous Uh, you know, I don't want to call it a machine. It's a miraculous creation, creation that is our vehicle of our spirit and our life's journey. And it's truly amazing. In nursing school, we learned all about, you know, the body's ability to heal itself. Um, I went to University of Akron in Ohio at Go Zips. And it was very holistic approach. And, um, you know, it was kind of a shock going into the hospitals. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a, you know, kind of disconnect of what we learned. And, you know, how treating sick people are kind of at that stage. So I was always really interested in how do we prevent illness? How do we keep our bodies and our minds and our emotions 
in this place of our natural state, which is really um, peace. You know, it's hard for people to believe that right now, but in our center, we are naturally peaceful. Uh, our center is grounded, it's connected, and it has a knowing. It has a knowing of what you need. Um, frequently, this process is looking at what do you need to add into your life and into your health from a mind-body perspective, and what do you need to remove? Oh, so I use various approaches, top-down, I call them kind of top-down and bottom-up and meeting at the center. And um, we can talk about some of those approaches, but that's using kind of uh, top-down is more looking at your thoughts and your beliefs and also cultivating awareness. Awareness is huge because we need to be aware of how we're feeling, how our body is. We need to be aware of where our thoughts are and our emotions in order to allow for this natural flow. And then the bottom up approaches is really acknowledging that the body has a natural wisdom and it has a memory though. And the memory of the body is holding our traumas. It's holding our old uh, wounds. It's holding, you know, it remembers everything because it wants to keep you safe. Your body, I tell my clients that all the time, your body loves you so much. It's trying to keep you safe all the time. But sometimes that sense of safety is disrupted and um, the body only, no, it's like how you perceive then your environment is based on a lot of these old patterns and old uh, memories that are stored in the body. So we end up overreacting to things. We end up, you know, losing our sense of natural safety that's within us. And that's so true because I think a lot of what happens is like you're saying, you have to come back to the center to understand things. And so many times we are way off center. We are out of our bodies, out of our minds, <laughs> out of everything. And, yeah. and then what happens is you're right. Like the healing comes from the, in, like you're saying, from being in alignment, being in the center. So when, when you start trying to help people understand that process and you start talking to them about, you know, being in alignment, being in the center, do you find that you'd need to go help them get back in their body first? Or where do you often, I'm sure it varies, I'm sure, but a lot of times, is there one way that tends to be the most that you end up doing? Like you end up having to work with people to get them back in their body before you can start the other approaches or? It is very much an individual yeah. kind of thing. So I start every session with a guided meditation mm. so that people can experience their center right away. It's not that far, you know, it's not that hard to access. Um, usually just takes a couple of minutes for me to guide people. And, and it is a process of, you know, connecting with your body first, feeling your feet on the floor, feeling your body in your chair, becoming aware of your breath, and then always feeling into your heart. Um, so that's, that's how we start. And that's, and then, so it's from this place of the heart and from this center, then we can say, okay, what's showing up? You know, what, what is really presenting that you want to work on, whether it's some kind of a trigger or maybe it's a physical symptom. So, you know, I orient people to that center right away and I have to be centered. I have to be in a relaxed state. Um, 
because that sets the tone. We are, our nervous systems are very connected to each other's. Um, that is a, a basic premise of something called polyvagal theory, which is kind of a new way of looking at our nervous system. And we pick up on other people's nervous systems. So when I'm relaxed and I set the stage for or that foundation, that container of safety, that allows people then to feel safe and to allow their emotions to come up if that's what it is, or to look at a physical issue from kind of a different perspective. Which is a great point. And I want to go a little off that in the sense of it's so important that the person that you're working with is grounded and is creating the safe space. Because so many times when you go to a medical practitioner or any kind of healing practitioner, it's really important that you feel safe in that space. So if you go into a doctor's office and they're rushed and they're hurried and they're not having time, like you're saying, to center themselves, that's going to impact how you're able to relate to them and the efficacy of what treatments come out. Because if you know you really need to be in that calm place to be able to access all the wisdom that's available at that time. Mm-hmm. If the practitioner isn't in a place where they can do that, well, it's really not good because you're trying to work as a collaborative team. And I really like that about what you said. It's very clear from what you said that when you're working with people, it's a collaboration and Absolutely. it's a, a unified, it's a unif- it's basically like a unified field you're creating. It sounds like it's, it sounds like a very cozy environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the whole, the whole purpose is for people to find, find their own answers, find, mm-hmm kind of unlock that healing potential within themselves. So I feel that I am more of a spark, you know, um, setting that container and being that guide and coach, but really it's guiding that person within themselves. Which is just so important. I, I hope that people you're working with understand what a gift that is. And those of you that are listening, it's a true gift because what Anne's saying is, and this is the message that you probably hear all the time on this podcast, is that the wisdom is within you. And so Anne's telling us different ways to access that. And, and when you work with a practitioner that has that approach, it enables you not to become dependent on them for your healing, but to become dependent on yourself, because that's where it really, that's where the onus needs to be. The ownership needs to be with you, not with the person that is helping you as a, you know, clinician that's helping you. So I think that's a really great point. And thank you for, for showing us how you work with people, because it really is an important point for people to understand, because I think it actually um, is very counter to the way that most of Western medicine works. So I think most people probably aren't used to that. Those listening to this podcast, maybe, hopefully, but, but, but know that most of the people out there in, in the Western culture are not yeah. used to that approach where let's be honest, myself included up until, you know, several years ago, we're, we're taught that there are experts outside of us, other people that have this knowledge and wisdom because they went for schooling, which there is knowledge and wisdom in going for schooling, but that's not the ultimate knowledge and wisdom. You have to combine that with your own, um, your own experiences and, and connection to the innate intelligence within you. And so please understand anyone listening. That's really key that you always listen to, um, the wisdom within yourself and connect that as well to the external knowledge that a clinician or doctor is bringing you. 
So after that huge tangent, I'll go back to you, Anne, if I didn't totally derail you with my tangent. No, I appreciate that because there are a lot of people who just want to be told what to do. Just tell me what to do. And I say, you know, my role is more of a peer educator. I'm here to give you information. I'm here to, um, you know, create this container for you. But ultimately, it is your it is your path. Um but most people say, okay, that's great. I needed that information. I needed that, you know, I, I give people the big picture, I call it, of their health because I have this nursing background. So people come to me with a lot of complex medical issues and sometimes just very simple, um, you know, dealing with stress. Not that that's simple, but, um, you know, I get a range because of my nursing and my public health background. and. So I feel it's really important to give people the information about their health. This is what's happening to your body. This is how all of these things are connected and related. The body is really one system. We're not, our bodies aren't broken down into all these specialties. Yeah. <laughs> like our medical system is, you know, that's, that's just not good. how it operates. It's, um, and the brain is not, you know, sitting on top of your head, totally disconnected. <laughs> Uh, yeah. literally every emotion, every thought has a physical translation into your body. And so I really love, I mean, education is a huge part of what I do because I really like to empower people with that information so that they can then, like you said, okay, I have this knowledge, I have this information. Now I can tune in to myself, to my heart and feel what, what feels right for me, you know, where do I start? And, um, and that's really important because there is such a deep connection between our emotions, our some of our old wounding, you know, and what's happening in right now, the here and now, and what what people are experiencing. And you need that. Oh gosh, you need kind of that comprehensive approach to really, you know, dig deep and really find some of those core issues that are really driving the situation that people are dealing with. And, you know, it's multifaceted right now. I mean, you've got so much going on externally that's triggering a lot of internal stuff. So it's complicated, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And, and my whole thing is just get started. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Don't- just start. Just start, start somewhere, get off the sidelines, get off the bench, get in the game, yeah. you know, just get up, get in and, and wherever you are is fine. That's wherever yeah. you, you just, as long as you're in, you got to be in it to win it, you know, and not that this is winning, but you got to be in it. You're, it is winning. You're, it's a win to me when you're working with yourself for healing, that's a win. It there's is not an, it's not, there's no stopping point. There's no objective end. Like there is in a, in a game where you win, it's just a continual winning. It's like the gift that keeps giving. It's just, you just, you can win endlessly. Isn't that fabulous people? You could just keep winning endlessly. The more you work (laughs) on your health, it's a constant win because your energy increases, your vitality increases, your resiliency increases. And those are all good things. Those are all good things. Yeah. And because everything's connected, you could start, you know, with your nutrition, you could start with managing your stress and it affects literally everything because all these systems are connected. So, and that's, and that's a brilliant point is, is figuring out where people, that must be a big part of your job. I'd imagine is figuring out where people are ready to start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. Um, I know for myself, 
I started with nutrition because that seemed something I could do. It was tangible. I could change my diet, you know, that's easier than digging deeper and dealing with, um, (laughs) you know, more vulnerable things about why I was so stressed and why, you know, certain things were happening. Um, so yeah, it's different for everybody. Now other people are just ready to go. Bam. They just want to get in and figure out that core, the core wound or the core issue that's preventing this natural state of, of health. And when they want that, how do you help them go and access that piece? Um, when they want to do the deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is, that is definitely a process that starts with that meditation where, you know, we center, we go within, and then it's very much a felt, um, more of an energetic and emotional piece of like, what's once they're centered, it's what's showing up and maybe I'll guide them to feel that, um, as an energy or an emotion. And then I connect that with the body. Where are you feeling that in the body? And um, there are different ways to do this. Sometimes um, it shows up as a part of them as, you know, we all have these different parts of us. Sometimes it shows up as a protector part, you know, that is afraid of something that's going to happen. Sometimes it shows up as an aspect of an older part of us or younger part of us, I should say, older in the past meaning, but, you know, a younger part um, that just is being triggered by a certain situation and needs to um, feel safe and, or sometimes it just needs, that part needs to express their emotion about something. Um, so that can go in a lot of different directions, but it's always met with whatever's happening is met with acceptance and this energy from the heart, which is love and compassion. And I have people really feel it as a sensory thing in their bodies. And then once I kind of make, have them connect with it like that, I step back and it's pretty amazing. I'll guide them with certain questions like what does what does this part need? And a lot of times their imagination takes over. Um, you know, that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. They come out of the meditation, they're like, wow, you're not gonna believe what happened, you know. Um, and it's whether they saw maybe um, you know, a beautiful image of a light or a flower, you know, some symbol comes up that has meaning for them or is just something that represented a way for them to access healing for that part of themselves that was showing up. That's beautiful. And so then they're able to release the emotion or whatever the issue was attached to where they went for their deep dive. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 And it's always getting permission and allowing that part to feel safe that they can release that and, um, and this focus on what, what do you need? You know, what does this part need to feel safe or what does this part need to, to feel like it can then transform into more of an ally. And this is from, I've, um, 
there's an old Buddhist meditation called feeding, feeding the demon is actually uh, what they call it. And um, it's very related to now more of a contemporary approach called internal family systems. But, you know, it's all dealing with this kind of energy and these old, you know, these different aspects of us that can be in um, our unconscious. Carl Jung called it our shadow or unconscious. And so a lot of the healing work is really about uncovering these aspects of us that have been um, suppressed and shut down and that can create more of a constriction uh, both in your mental and emotional life, but very much so in your body. All those constrictions are blocks that are held in the body. and frequently what we're going through in the, the present moment is very much triggering a lot of that old stuff. And it takes courage, you know, to, to go through that. I remember after one session, um, I had this one woman, she was a very um, dear person and she went through kind of an in, intense ride with meeting an aspect of herself but she felt so much better afterwards and lighter. And she had this amazing experience. And uh, she's like, God, how, how do you tell people, you know, like, gosh, you have to dig in the dirt. You got to like go through the fire, you know, um, a lot of people don't want to do that, but it's that feeling of lightness after that kind of an experience and that freedom and just feeling your body and your mind and your emotions open up. It's, it's really an incredible thing for me to witness and for, for people to experience. Yeah. And I think two things from that, the first one is, I think that a lot of that has to do, like you were saying, with the fact that you're setting a create, creating a safe space for them. So that's, I think some of the credit goes to, to you for creating that environment where they feel safe. And then obviously for the, to the person, for the courage to go and, be open to that when they feel safe. But I think the second thing that came that I wanted to mention after listening to that story is also, is just that we spend, most of us spend so much time and energy and sacrificing our health to avoid what you're talking about, to avoid doing the deep dive. And it's takes so much energy to defend uh, and put those walls up and defend against these pieces of ourselves that need to be heard and that need to be, um, need to be healed. And, and like you're saying, it can be not to undermine it, but the best word that comes to my mind is simple. I mean, what you're describing is profound, but yet it's simple in the sense that it's simple. If you open to it, it's very simple and it's so profound and affects the rest of your life, but, but it's easier in some ways people think I should say people think it's easier to just keep avoiding, 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 and being busy and distracted and numb not realizing the cost that that takes physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I really, anyone listening, it really is so key, like dis-ease, disease is dis-ease and the, and the lack of ease comes from blocking yourself. If we just get out of the way and use some of these tools, like Anne's talking about where, you know, and like you're saying, where you just have someone, if you, if you don't know how to do it yourself, which most of us don't, you know, most of our parents don't know this, so they don't teach us. So you find someone like you that can guide people to go within 
and access this place and, and really free yourself from the blocks that you're putting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and we have so many distractions right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Endless, and endless so, distractions. And they're so accessible. We carry our distraction with us, with our phone. And boy, that's just an endless, endless thing. So yeah, you know, it's, it's. Um, I read a foundational book called Molecules of Emotion by this brilliant woman named Candice Pert. She was a amazing scientist at the National Institute of Health back in the 70s. And she discovered the receptors in our body for the natural opioid. Oh, I didn't know that. How fascinating. Yeah. And she went looking into our, um, she thought all those receptors were going to be in the brain. And what she found was that actually every cell in our body had those receptors. And she said, Oh, you know, we don't have a mind and a body. And she said, it's really a body mind. It's what's happening is that there are these molecules and she calls them molecules of emotion that circulate throughout our whole body and they literally connect with ourselves. These are actual proteins. These are neuropeptides. These are proteins. These are hormones. And it's like a lock and key into your cell. And when those stress molecules are floating around, or the sadness, anger, you know, those kind of feelings all have molecular, you know, um, counterparts that get locked into a cell. And what happens is when those molecules are in the cells, that, that lock is filled with that key. So then those cells can't accept the feel-good neurochemicals. Okay, so when you're not processing your emotions, when you're drowning them, when you're distracting, when you're avoiding, you're literally binding up your cells so that they cannot feel the, the good, the feel good uh, chemicals. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I feel so good to cry. You know, we cry <clears throat> and then it's like, ah, I feel relaxed, you know, and, um, does that so, release the molecules that releases them then? It releases that's, them. That's why we yeah. call it a release, but it's actually molecular. It's biochemically releasing. It's biochemically locks. releasing. Yeah. So we're Very wired cool. for bliss, right? That's what she said. So yeah. We're wired for bliss. <laughs> I want, I'm um, wired for bliss. I like that. Yes. I'm going to say yeah. that from now on every day. I'm going to be like, I'm wired for bliss. <laughs> I'm wired for bliss. Yeah. But what's blocking your cells, you know, it's those it's um it's allowing that free flow of emotion in order to to feel that bliss you know that's that's natural to us um yeah so it's that process of really stopping you know when you're feeling something you know um what's your go-to strategy you know is it turning the tv on is it checking your phone is it having another cup of coffee or another glass of wine, sugar, you know, on and on and on. Um, and can you, so a lot of uh, people who come to me for weight loss and emotional eating, it's this process of, can you just stop and be with your emotion? And usually it's about 90 seconds for an emotion to pass through, Yeah, you know, and usually there's a message there in, in your emotion um, 
that we're missing that wisdom. Again, we're missing that wisdom because we're distracting. And that's a great point. I love that point because I'm totally on board with that philosophy. There is messages in those emotions. They're not, people are like, oh, negative emotions. They're not negative. They're just, they're not, they're, negative. They're, not negative. they're, they're, everything's positive in the sense that it's all there to give you a message. If we listen, yeah. you know, I mean, hello, I'm guilty too. Not like I listen to every message that comes by. I'd like to pick and choose too, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but I realize that I can't be, you know, if I, if I experience only bliss all the time, I'm not going to, it's not going to feel like bliss anymore because that's, I'm, <laughs> it's going to be one stage. I'm going right. to, it's going to feel like monotony, yeah. you know? So I look at it and I go, okay, well, I want to have the full experience, you know, I want the whole buffet, right? But, you know, so I have to embrace those things that maybe, you know, I'm not a big fan of Swiss shard, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> that just like, I may not be a big fan of fear, but I have to balance it all out. And I won't yeah. know what a cupcake, t- the, how great a cupcake can taste, or I will use something healthy. I'll say fruit because I do like fruit, watermelon, God's candy. That's what I tell my kids, watermelon, yeah. God's candy. I won't know how great watermelon is if I haven't had some of the other things at the buffet and it's the same thing with the emotions, you know, you need to, you know, and, and that's what I was, when you were talking, it was reminding me, like you said, you have to let them all flow through. But again, the messages that we're taught are some emotions are acceptable and some are not, and they're all acceptable because we have them. (laughs) You know, it's like your hands acceptable. Your fingers are all acceptable. We don't pick four of them and say, you're the acceptable fingers and the rest of you are no good. Yeah. No, it's true. And most of us have been conditioned to not express our anger. You know, we're very much afraid of anger, especially for women. Uh, But even men haven't really, you know, been taught healthy ways to, to work with that. And a lot of times anger is really great emotion because it teaches us boundaries and when things have been crossed and when situations need to change, you know? Yeah. Right. It's a catalyst, right? For action. And um, that's how we can get stuck in certain situations that end up being really bad for our health. Right. No, imagine an animal, like would an animal, like not show to anger. That's how they protect themselves. I mean, yeah. you need to do it uh, in a healthy way, but yeah, you're right. I it's all that. about the boundaries. Like the, literally the lion, the roar is back up, give me my space. And we, you know, we don't need to roar. We can find ways to do it. There <laughs> a little less. I, you know, I don't need to take out my claws and scratch like, you know, but I, I need to get the same message out. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is my boundary. I'm holding it back, back away. And, and you're right. A lot of people are, we're, you know, a lot of times we're taught that's not nice. I know I grew up in that. That's not nice. <laughs> I grew up in a not nice household. So I had to be the nice girl. So I couldn't do anything that was not nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice to, to show any displeasure, you know, you want to please people was the message I was taught. And that's not, yeah. no, I need to start by pleasing myself, not in a narcissistic way, but in a self-care right. you know, way. And, um, I think that's a really important point is just all the, all the emotions get to come. They all get to come to the table. <laughs> They're all welcome. Yeah. yeah. But I love that whole concept that you were talking about, about the, um, the keys and the locks and clearing it out with the crying. Yeah. Yeah. That was a game changer for me when I learned that I was like, wow. Okay. That changes how I view um, my emotions, you know, becomes really almost an act of violence against yourself. That sounds dramatic, but you know, when you suppress things, you are 
in a way inflicting harm on yourself. No, I think that, I think that's a really, uh, I, I, I'm not that I like the term, but I do like the term. <laughs> I mean, violence against yourself. That really is a very, um, direct way to say it because it really is what it is. If you're not being kind to yourself and you're not allowing that you're, you know, you're saying, no, you don't get to, to experience what you are experiencing. Well, that's just making mm-hmm. a break. It's making a block. It's making an untruth for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's an inner, um, inner fight or flight, you know, we can internalize that stress response. Uh, we think of the fight or flight response as this external thing. We're running away from a threat and we're fighting something. But what I've experienced working with clients is that we internalize that. So we fight ourselves, you know, we're running from our, you know, deepest fears and our stress stressors and that becomes an internal thing then and yeah uh, so how it so then it really is about how do we create that so going back to the center is how do we create that internal sense of safety and that place of internal safety that you can then ah stop running stop fighting meet yourself where you are and then that sets the stage for the body to begin to start healing and the mind and those emotions to process and, and find their natural equilibrium. Which is really where our mind, body, and spirit want to be united yeah. as one together, you know, resonating as a, one healthy, vital being. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing, I love the term healing from the center. And the minute I, that I, that you had said that the first thing I think about it just to me, I just go right heart chakra. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's like healing from the center. And then it's like, boom, right to the heart chakra. Right to the heart. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, that's just, if we can connect with that, the world will be a very different place. And we can connect with it. If we can, we can connect with it. Yeah. The more of it, I should say, the more of us that do connect with it and stay connected, the higher the vibration we'll be living in. Mm-hmm. And we'll have these lovely, calm nervous systems. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, once I started doing my own journey, my own work, and really, I would say I was one of the classic people with overstimulated my sympathetic nervous system was large and in charge. Let's just put that way. Yeah. large and in charge. My parasympathetic <laughs> was so tiny. It was like wondering if it existed anymore. Right. And so when I started trying to flip that and create some balance in my nervous system, you know, my sympathetic nervous system didn't want to let it go. It was like, Oh, I'm addicted to this, like this way yeah. of being, you know, yeah. biochemical, I mean, always mentally, physically. And so I, I'm sure you run into that too, you know, that people it's, it's a relearning, unlearning, it, you know, to, it's, you have to be open to understanding life's going to be different. And one of the things I had trouble giving up was I, how am I going to get everything done? If I'm calm, right. you know, yeah, that was like my thing, you know, like <laughs> if I'm, if I'm not running at a hundred miles an hour, I can't get as much done. And then I, I really just couldn't fathom it. And then when I realized how, and it took a long time, I'm a slow learner and that's okay. I embrace it. I am still working. I realize now that when I'm actually, like you're saying, when I'm coming from my center 
and I slow things down and I allow my parasympathetic to have a nice large seat at the table and be uh, healthfully represented (laughs) at that. I actually, because I'm completely in myself, I get more done and time slows down. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful thing. So for all of you out there that doubt it, I I am, I can tell you, (laughs) you can actually get more done. I know it's counterintuitive, but it actually is true. No, it's true because part the parts of your brain that are creative problem solvers and um, see the big picture and all of that come online when you're relaxed. You, you literally don't have access to them when you're when you're stressed. And um, yeah, no, I was the same way when I got uh, hit with some diagnosis of autoimmune conditions when I was a young mom, I had been on the holistic journey for a while. I was like, like, oh gosh, I'm eating healthy. I'm doing my yoga every day, you know, but I realized I wasn't really relaxing. I was never taking that time to just sit. I would think, oh, well, I can meditate while I move, which you can, you can bring mindfulness to movement, but it's the stillness. I wasn't cultivating that internal stillness. And I wasn't multitasking. You were multitasking. I hear you. You were multitasking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing my yoga, but my mind was, you know, going crazy and. (laughs) Been um, there, done that. That's why I recognize it. (laughs) Yeah. Three kids. I can get all this done and still be healthy. Well, guess what? My body had a different message for me, you know, that no, something was really, really wrong. And I had to really slow down. I had to allow myself to relax. I had to, you know, really take that deep dive and figure out, well, why aren't I allowing that? What emotions have I bottled up? You know, I had to really turn that spotlight on myself. So. And what did you find were some of the most helpful ways to do that for you when you were on your own journey? Yeah. So um, I, you know, I think I'm an eternal student. So I would, you know, I took, um, I took a class, I took a meditation class. Um, one of the first ones I took was a mantra meditation class and every day was a new, um, you know, it had new music and um, chanting in Sanskrit, these words I never knew before. Um, but it was active enough that it kept my brain active. And um, and I knew I had thyroid issues, which is, you know, the thyroid gland is in your throat and the throat is all about expression. And I knew that that was one of my core issues that I was not expressing my feelings verbally or any other way. So singing these mantras, um, and I also thought of myself as a terrible singer. In fact, I had this traumatic experience in high school where I had my high school choir teacher work with me after class. She was so determined to get me to sing on key. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Um, So it's so freeing. You know, I'd be by myself, you know, singing. And it was so that was kind of a gateway for me because I was able to release my voice and claim my voice again. And um, so that was powerful. And then. Yeah, I just started really getting into meditation more and more. And so now I have a morning practice where I'm meditating at least a half an hour at a time. And I do another afternoon practice and I really look forward to it. 
And it's, um, I've gotten away from, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, um, you know, and high achiever, it was like, well, I'm not stopping my thoughts. Something's wrong. You know, I'm not doing it right. So I'm just going to give up. Like, I just can't meditate. That's why I thought, all right, I just have to move to meditate and sing and be busy. (laughs) It's just (laughs) another form of distraction and busyness. So, you know, at some point I did, I just kind of landed in my heart and it was like, oh, okay. So from this place, I can just watch my thoughts. I can experience my emotions and it, they don't even, it doesn't even have to be a personal thing. I can just watch, watch what's happening and allow them to just be. And within that, I was able to find uh, deeper and deeper peace and acceptance within myself. You know, it's been a big journey of self-acceptance and self-compassion. Yeah. That's which is cool. never ending. <clears throat> yeah, no, but it's beautiful. And I mean, and that's, I think that's what we're all working on, you know, really at the yeah. end of the day. And at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> meeting yourself with love and compassion and curiosity and. Yeah. And yeah. finding out where you really are, you know, find where out where you, you really are. Yeah. Meet yourself there. Meet yourself there. I tried yeah. to meet myself where I wanted to be. That doesn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And I did. I, I think. That's true. We are, we're living in a lot of us, you know, and we all have our to-do list. That was another big aspect of this was um, self-improvement. You know, I had a realization of like, oh, um, this isn't about self-improvement. You know, I am not a self-improvement project um, where we have to look better. We have to feel better. We have to eat all the right foods. And I think a lot of people in the health and wellness journey end up getting really obsessed about doing everything right, you know, and um, getting certain outcomes. And, you know, I fell down that trap of reading these self-improvement books. And, you know, what that does is just reinforces this belief that you're not enough, that you're not, you know, you're not worthy of your own love right now. And so once I ditched that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so freeing. Now I can really meet myself with compassion. I can really be honest where I'm at. I can, you know, so it's these levels and these layers that are just a natural part of the journey. But anyway, that's a big message for your listeners because, um, yeah, we need to get off the self-improvement Yes. Project. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. That was just a brilliant point. And, and so I'm just going to reiterate it just because I love it so much (laughs) is, you know, is that we all are enough. We're enough as we are right now. We are enough. We came in with everything we need. We have it. And so when you understand that you're enough, you stop trying to improve, right? Because how can you improve when you're already enough? But the, the thing I think that like you're saying is we need to accept that we're enough, but we need to meet ourselves where we are. And we can be honest with ourselves and authentic when we realize we already are enough. So we don't need to pretend not even to ourselves. We don't need to pretend to ourselves that we are something other than where, you know, who we are, where we are right now. And that's okay. Because as long as we meet ourselves, honestly, where we are right now, we can take a journey and go where 
we feel we need to go where we really authentically feel we where we feel we need to go, not where somebody else is. And I too am the eternal student. And what I see for myself, I have to watch myself because if there was one addiction I would have, it would be to learning and books. <laughs> no, I'm true. totally serious. Like when I there. moved, it was so funny when I moved, I had the most boxes of anything in my house. I had more boxes of books than furniture books. or anything else. It's sad. <laughs> so I'm true. working on that. And I have, I, I've pared down some, but, but, um, well, but podcast but, is a great way to channel that. <laughs> So yeah, yeah it is. But what I'm working on for myself is realizing what I was doing is thinking I wasn't enough and I was going to go read the books. Yeah. Even if they weren't self-improvement books, just go read the books and research to find out something out there that I was missing inside. And I'm not missing anything inside. None of us are. Yeah. So what I keep having to redirect myself to is back like you're saying back into myself, realizing it's all already here. And the wisdom that I have, I can take that stuff that I'm learning outside, but I need to really see how it resonates with what I already know, because I really, I already know everything here and I need to stop looking for external validation. I do a lot of that. I look for the books to go. Is that right? Is that right? Is that, could that really be right? Dude, if it's right for you in, if you're really coming from your center and it's right, right there, it doesn't matter what the book says, no matter who wrote it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Kimberly Ann, we are Yep. We are soul sisters in this way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. One other point I want to make is that your center, your core, your absolute core being is undamaged. And I think people are really relieved when they hear that because it's, Oh my gosh, this burden of, I have to heal all this stuff in my past. You know, once they find out, okay, the mind and body are really connected and there's stuff that needs to be processed. It can be an overwhelming feeling, but really knowing that your core is undamaged, it's free. And um, it's really allowing that process to unfold and the lessons that it creates for you. And there's a naturalness to it and an effortlessness once you kind of surrender into it, um, if that makes sense. But, and that the body is really holding a lot of the memory. And I think that helps people relax too a lot. It's like a lot of your reactions and even a lot of the mental stories come from your nervous system and how uh, it was trained to respond to life and that's not your fault. You know, it's just, it's learning about it and it's again, meeting it with curiosity and compassion and, and going from there, but the body will do what it's, what, what it needs to do to protect you. And so it's this process of slowly shaping your nervous system towards safety that really helps to allow this process to unfold. Oh, I love that. And that is such a key point. And I, and thank you for reminding us all that I, I'm going to do a better job reminding people of that, that I'm working with as well. That's a really key point is just that your essence is undamaged. I love that your essence is whole. Your essence is is I hate the word perfect. I got to find another word. You're, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is perfect, but people have such a connotation to perfect, but you're, I'm just going to say your essence is whole. Your core is whole. Mm-hmm. That is really a very powerful message. That's yeah. 
I really like that. That's an important thing that we all need to hear, hear more of. I mean, do you, how often do you hear that? You're whole, you're, you're yeah. beautiful, me beautifully made. It's really just getting all the gunk out of the way so you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Experience yeah. It. And I think even both in conventional medicine track and in the holistic track, the alternative track, it's no, you need this supplement. You need all the, all of these things. You know, we're constantly getting the mis- the message that, um, that we need to be fixed. Yeah. And that's a dangerous message. <laughs> yeah. And that I'm the one to fix you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The I outside of you. Yes. The other person. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is a very it's dangerous. Really expensive and. But it, you give your power away. That's the issue I have it, with it. It is. Yeah. 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 I like it, that. Yeah. Is that I, I, you know, that's from my own experiences. I realized as you know, we give our power away when we do that. You know, it really, like you were saying, when you were describing how you work with people, it's a collaboration. So I could feel it when you were talking, there's, there's like a symbiotic energy. It's a fluid collaborative energy versus where somebody's thinking they have the answers that they're going to tell you everything. Then it's like, they think they have all the power. So you're giving them the power and then they're taking it. And then you're standing there. Oh, now I've given all my power away. Now I'm just going to, since I've given it away, I'm just going to have to do whatever they say, whether that right for me or not. No, we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to stay healing from the center. We all want to do that. We need to stay healing from the center. Everyone don't get fooled. Stay, you know, stay with yourself. That's really, I mean, and stay connected with yourself and to, um, the creator, whatever that is for you, love the universe source, anything that you know, that higher part, that innate intelligence, that where all the wisdom, where all the wisdom lies. Yeah. Cause you're not separate from that. You are no. that. No, you are that. And I think that's part of the trick. I think that's where the fear comes in is we think we're separate from, yeah. from it. And then when we're convinced that we're separate from it, then all this fear happens and fear is because we, you know, we're perceiving the separation and it's not even true. <laughs> No, and it's not true. And really that separation from our source is really the core wound. Yeah. And that's painful. That's a really painful wound. That's why we need to reconnect and, and live from that place of love right in the center. And so with that, I think that we will take all of this goodness and create it into some sparks of wisdom. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Okay, and so I'm sure after all of that, you have some incredibly divine sparks of wisdom for us. So <laughs> let's have them. All right. Well, I think we touched on a couple of them uh, just a minute ago. and. The first one really is that our center is is undamaged. It is the ultimate place of safety within, and it is your place of intuitive knowing. And accessing it isn't as hard as, you know, we think it is. It's really creating frequent times throughout your day, just even a couple of minutes at a time in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, in the evening, just to slow down. Connect with your body, connect with your breath, and connect with your heart. And just turn within 
you know, just for a few minutes, check in with yourself. How am I doing? Where am I at? Where's my mind at? Where are my emotions at? Where's my body? And that's how we shape, you know, this is our brain can change over time. Our nervous system can change and that's how we shape it. Um, the third one really is that this healing is not a self-improvement project. It's really a self-acceptance and self-compassion project, <laughs> but don't make a project out of it. It's, it's, uh, it's a process. And what else? I think that's it. And that the ultimate wound is this separation, I believe, from our core, from our source, from our divine source. Yes. And that is truly divine wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. And as you said before, we're all enough just as we are. We are all enough right here, right now. And I love that. Check in every day in many times and just know you're enough when you're checking. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for your time today. It has been so much fun to talk to you and to learn about healing from the center as it as you work with your clients that way. It's a I see a lot of similarities in in the way that I work with people too. It's really a, an incredible concept, and it's been nice to hear your story and and get to know you a little bit today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And so I'm sure people are going to want to know how to learn more, possibly work with you or get some access to some of the services you provide. So can you just let people know the sorts of things that they can contact you for and resources and all those goodies? Sure. Um, So I work one-on-one and I've also done some groups and I have a website. It's annpetrusbaker.com or also my business name is Essence Health. And the, so both essencehealth.net or annpetrusbaker.com will get you to my website. Um, I recorded a bunch of free meditations that are on an app called Insight Timer. And you can search for me on that app through my full name, Ann Petrus Baker. There's some beautiful heart-centered meditations on there, awareness practices, relaxations. So that's that's good. I've got some tutorials on YouTube um, that I recorded. Um, and again, same name. And what else? I have a Facebook page where I post a lot of articles and interesting things. And I'm finally getting on Instagram. I've joined <laughs> um, that whole thing. So that's essence underscore health as underscore. And from there, I have a link tree that has a bunch of links to all these different things. And I do provide a 20 minute free consult. If you're thinking about working with me, I always like to do that. So make sure that um, it's a good fit for both of us. I don't want people signing up for something and then it's not a good fit. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to do it. I found that too. So all those links will be in the show notes so that you can easily find Anne. And there are lots of things from what you just said. I can see in here that there's lots of things for people to explore, lots of content for people to take a look at and start to be curious and experiment with. So if you're resonating with any of Anne's messages at all, there's lots of fun ways for you to go and just start, start learning, start trying to see what 
works for you. And when you have people putting out great content like that, it's really wonderful. So thank you for doing that, Anne, and giving people a way to try and figure out where to start. Like we said before, just get started. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter where you start, just start somewhere. Yeah. And one simple thing. Yeah. One simple different. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for putting all that content out there and people can go and explore. So as always, everyone, thank you for listening. And until next time, be you, be love and be present.